The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. Well, the world rankings have never represented anything that actually makes any sense. That's offensive to our entire nation, Steve. We, we, we live and die by the world rankings here. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, we are doing our top 10, sorry, we're doing Ashling's top 10 GEA moments of the summer because there is a heavy dollop of bias, which we'll get to in just a moment uh, over the course of these <laughs> top 10. But uh, you've been on the road, obviously, for off the ball over the last few months. Um, what inspired you to do this or, or what's uh, making up this list? Well, what's informing the, the, the criteria for this? Yeah, so it's top 10 reporting moments for okay. myself. So just for, for people that are, are wondering, it mightn't be the best game of football or hurling or camogie that we've seen. Mm. It might be more personal to me in terms just of... the best mead the moments. Yeah. <laughs> did, you say, did you say mead moments? Mead moments, yeah. Oh, okay, no, 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 not at all. Uh, you'll see there's a surprise in there. Okay. Um, yeah, so maybe the best interviews, the best players that, that I got access to, managers, sort of all that type of thing as well as the the games do feature in it too but um, yeah it won't be always on the, the best display or the best result it might be more behind the scenes of reporting Sounds good right we'll start at number 10 Yes number 10 are the Kilkenny the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Champions for me, I picked Kilkenny as number 10 because I feel that they have a great story this year. Um, they'd lost a lot of girls, almost rode off at the start of the year because they had lost so many of their experienced players due to travelling, um, injuries, retirements. And they went on and uh, won the All-Ireland. Um, they're a real likeable bunch. They likes a, uh, their manager, Brian Dowling, such a passionate hurling camogie man. And, you know, he, he spoke to me a few times after the games and the way he speaks about the girls and and that he was sitting up in the stands watching them lose all Ireland's and you know he watched on and said you know actually I want to go in there and I want to make a difference and yeah it's it's just a really great story and yeah they're they're a brilliant team brilliant final against Cork and yeah they were number 10 on my list because I think they're very worthy champions Absolutely and that whole managerial ticket and some of the stuff they've had to go through this year as well has just been a brilliant element to, to that story as well That just to see them get over the line in the end and to see them um, get some joy at the end of a, a tough year for a lot of them was, was fantastic so mm-hmm. that's number 10 uh, number 9 is an interesting one yeah, number nine is interviewing Porrick Joyce throughout the year. Um, for me, it, it's probably more of a personal one. He was definitely, if I had two people that I looked up to in football, it would have been him and Kier McDonald from AO. So getting to interview Porrick Joyce was one of those moments as a reporter, which you're shaking. You know, you're going up with your mic shaking. I don't know if you've had these moments on, but definitely he, he was one of them for me. And I ended up telling him that uh, when I met him at the press event ahead of the All-Ireland final. He's probably not meant to do these things as a reporter, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. And uh, yeah, he's just he's been such a lovely, lovely man to deal with. And even at the press event, you know, he gives me so much time every time that I went to speak to him. And even at the All-Ireland final, I actually missed the chance to interview him after the game. Um, he just lost to Kerry, you know, a few questionable de- decisions as well in the game. Um, I'm sure you'll agree, Owen. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I'd missed the chance. I was actually interviewing Jack at that time, Jack O'Connor, and he walked by and I thought, oh no, there's my chance gone. And he went off into the dressing room to speak to the lads and I had spoke to, to Paul, the PRO, and he said, oh yeah, just hold on. He, he'd went in and like he sort of met his family and friends, you know, in the 
outside the bar in Crow Park and he came back out and pulled me around the corner where it's quieter and was like no Brilliant. go ahead Ashley. I realise that and I said such a because he doesn't a, have to do that he does right. not have to do that and he was with his family his young kids at the time I felt almost you know this is a very tough thing to do when you see a manager who's really hurt and after an All-Ireland final and yeah he gave me his time and we spoke for maybe five six minutes and yeah he's just been so gracious all year and one of my highlights definitely yeah, yeah. of the year and I'm sure everybody in, in Galway will be hoping that uh, they, he uh, gets ratified once again for next year that seems to be one of the things that is left hanging out there at the moment but I'm sure it'll be confirmed soon uh, number eight then Number eight are, yeah, Limerick are the All-Ireland champions. We're going to go back to that in a minute as a whole. But uh, this one in particular is about the, the Winners Hotel. So I went to the Winners Hotel the, the morning after the All-Ireland, which was Limerick. and um, was in the Burlington, I think it's the Clayton Hotel now in Dublin. Um, didn't know what to expect. I know it's something that Off the Ball have done um, many times, but I, I didn't know what to expect from it. And, the, you know, they said, we'll try get some of the team on air for half seven, eight o'clock. And I thought to myself, no chance who was going to be up at that time after winning All-Ireland and it was just a great buzz around the lobby in the hotel and a lot of the lads were about um, I know we got uh, Willow Donoghue Nicky Quaid Dermot Burns and Dan Morrissey were on the show uh, brilliant real likeable team I think this Limerick team um, really good with their time and then I spoke with John Kiley as well he's another manager him and Port Joyce would be my top two managers for, in terms of how nice they are with their time and I, I, I'm sort of taken back by it John Kiley like it's no surprise the Limerick team are so likeable uh, when they have a leader like him like he's such a, a, a great manager and he speaks about the players first and foremost about them as people and you know he talks to me about you know wanting to get them jobs and looking after them and all of that side of things and then we talk about the hurling and yeah he's just just a lovely man I spoke to him outside the, the hotel that morning and it's probably an interview that I really enjoy doing and you know I watch back I don't like to sometimes watch back uh, some of the interviews I do um, but I really enjoyed listening to John because he, he's, he's mesmerised as he speaks about hurling and how he does it and what the players mean and yeah just meeting him and all the lads that morning was a, a great reporting moment Number 7 then is one of the controversial moments of the summer Yes Brian Cody on the on the handshake with Henry Shefflin um, there was two handshakes this one in particular was the the Leinster final when Kilkenny came out on top that day and we were all watching on would they shake hands would they not and they did in the end when Henry Shefflin uh, beelined over towards Brian Cody it didn't look like Brian was was heading his direction at that point um, and I put it as my seventh moment because afterwards I asked him about it um, so I get a one-on-one with him um, if I'm lucky um, and it's just in like in the media area uh, behind say beside the dressing rooms and yeah I just managed to grab him and I just went for it and yeah sometimes as a reporter can be hard to ask those type of questions yes it's the job you have to do it some people were saying you know you know, leave it there you don't need to be asking those type of things Is you know talk about the game we had to ask so there was journalists saying that yeah, some journalists uh, some people on Twitter were calling me out you know saying you know talk about the game we're talking about this moment this shouldn't be what we're talking about like, would you go away? Like, this is a massive moment. I had to ask and he just said, you know, it's about the players and I don't want it to be all about me and he blew it off as if it, if it was nothing. Um, and I think Henry did similar uh, when he sort of was asked about it previously yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, that was my my seventh moment. So six is the All-Ireland Hurling Final and five is the football final. Just a quick one here. Why did you pick the football over the hurling? Yeah, and I went back and forth and I sort of wrote out a list, to be honest, Owen, on why I was picking one over the other. And 
my reasoning was maybe because I thought that even though Kilkenny were never out of the game, they always looked like they could, could not they couldn't go on and win it because I suppose that when I was sitting watching it, I did say to myself, they never looked like they were fully going to push on and beat Limerick. They, you know, it always looked like in my head, I felt like Limerick will push on here. Every time they got a goal or a score, it was always Limerick went up the up the field and did one better. So for me, watching at the, the football, I think just... The scores were unbelievable. Um, Shane Walsh, unbelievable. Some of the best uh, scores we've probably ever seen in an All-Ireland final. So, yeah, I think it was it was that for me. The atmosphere, the, the tension going into the game. Got with Kilkenny and Limerick, there was a bit more that uh, Limerick going to walk this type of thing. But, uh, yeah, it, it was back and forth. I, I can't even say because the scores in the hurling were just as good too. But uh, for me, I think I was... I just, yeah, I just preferred the the football. I don't think I explained that well, but uh, yeah, it was it was a tough one. Yeah, Shane Walsh is the reason why. Yeah, the <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. No, um, no, no. There was many reasons, many reasons. Number four is a great one. Uh, number four. What is number four? It is. Oh yeah, Kerry's Louise Galvin. This was one of yeah my my moments of my the reporting this year for sure. And the way the interview came about is probably the most interesting bit. So uh, they played in the first semi-final of the day. Mead were on after that against Donegal. And it was Kerry against Mayo. And I had to get back up to the press box to to do the second game. And I was rushing at that point. Um, I was to be on air. So I knew I only had a certain amount of time. And I was speaking with Declan, the, the Kerry manager, and he said, you know, that Louise was inside. This was during an interview that she was inside and she was feeding the baby at that point, her her son. And I just thought to myself, OK, it'd be amazing. I knew her story and I said it'd be amazing to be able to get an interview with Louise. And yeah, they said she'd be out in 10 minutes and then it was 20 minutes. And I knew I had to get back up to get on air. But I was like, this story has to be worth it. I know it would be. It'd be amazing to do it. And like I was on air with John and I was like, I didn't want to let John down. But I was like, 20 minutes gone. I was like, oh, no, she's never coming out. And then she came out with her little boy in her arms. Um, and it was it was amazing. And she just spoke about how she was feeding him, breastfeeding him in the changing rooms. She wasn't sure if he was the, the first baby to be breastfed in Crow Park changing rooms. And it was just a real moment. I think for a lot of women in sport that we sort of all just went whoa this is possible like you know you can go on and have a family and you can still play at an elite level and there was so many people that shared it afterwards I got so much from it and how inspiring she was and you know I think many people will see a hell of a lot more of that now that it will be so normalised breastfeeding in general but as a, a woman to go on as a mother to be able to play at that level uh, 263,000 views on Twitter alone for that wow. clip, so not bad uh, number three Number three is the Kerry versus Dublin All-Ireland semi-final. Um, so this actually trumped the the final. <laughs> what are you laughing at on? The sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they can hear these, but uh, yeah, something else going on in their ears here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so number three was Kerry versus <laughs> Dublin, the All-Ireland semi-final. I was alongside Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. I think the lads probably made it as well. Obviously, everything about the day, the lead up to it, there was no Conor Callahan. That was all the talk going into the game. And then we thought, okay, this is Kerry's for the taking for sure because they don't have Con, and that was not the case whatsoever. It went right down to the wire. Of course, we all know now at this stage, the forty-five meters out into a tricky wind into the hill. Sean O'Shea steps up at the the last kick of the game to put Kerry ahead and into the final and I think it, it was such a big moment for Kerry I felt there was going to be serious questions asked if Kerry if they couldn't get over that so much pressure and you could feel it and then for me 
personally just being there watching on alongside the lads like I remember when the team went behind the band and they were going around the field like the hairs on the back of your neck it felt like the, the final so yeah it, it, felt, there, yeah, it felt like the All-Ireland final and I remember just looking to the lads and going like no one said anything we just all looked and was like whoa you know that sort of acknowledgement of geez, this is a serious atmosphere brilliant game and yeah 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 that was one of my moments of the year. Yeah, not a bad day out. The second in your list then is uh, also final day. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Sound effect again. Um, yeah, second is the Ulster final day and I, I actually was back and forth of where I was going to put this but I had to think about it from my own like for a reporting point of view the access that I got that day and then just the day as a whole I think that everybody should experience an Ulster final. Have you ever been to one own? No, I have been to Clonus, but not for Ulster final day. Yeah, Clonus, first off, amazing. Like the the buzz, everyone out around the bars, out around the street, the colour. Then you go down towards the, the stadium and just the colour from Derry. Obviously, first time in 24 years that they, they won the title. It was scenes. That is the only way of describing it. Absolute scenes. And it reminded me of years ago when you seen All-Ireland Finals in Crow Park and everybody was allowed on the pitch and you'd invade the pitch and all the flags and all the colours that was what it was like for, for this Ulster final the game itself I know a lot of people have different opinions on it you know a lot of people said it wasn't the best game of football and all of that but for me being there I was on the edge of my seat the whole way through went to extra time that day and it was just two points in the end that Derry got over the line um, Chrissy McKay lifting the cup was just iconic someone that has been there for so long with them um, and then for me then as a reporting point of view and really why and another strong reason why I would have put it as my second today is because you know when they all all the players and management were all on the pitch afterwards all the fans we were allowed in with them in just like they put up barriers just around like say as they're going up to get the trophy and you got access to the players there right in the raw motion of it all and um, yeah Connor Glass spoke to me and he spoke about uh there was one man that was up there when he lifted the cup for the under 21s and that you know he was going to be a proud dairy man watching down them today and that was Martin McGuinness and I just thought that was a, a brilliant moment as well and yeah I think yeah that was why it's my, my number two Yeah they were definitely one of the stories of the football summer there appears to be a type on this list that uh, Sean O'Shea's kick isn't at number one but um, oh. what, what is what, what is the, uh, the the number one in your opinion? No typo <sighs> there uh, yes the, absolutely so it's me doing back to back All-Ireland senior titles it was incredible to see them do it I think obviously I'm from me I'm maybe could be a little bit biased but I think a lot of people will agree that this is one of the best sporting stories that we will hear in, in GA I, I really do believe that men or women um, it's incredible what they have done they started out with this crop of players really coming together in 2017 uh, a few tough years they really regrouped and build on, built on their success and going from losing two intermediate All-Ireland finals to finally getting over the line, winning that intermediate final, then to push on and back it up at senior level and to win Division 3, Division 2, Division 1 as well is just incredible and it's been brilliant to watch and I think they've really put women's football on the map as well like I know it was in recent years we're hearing a hell of a lot more about it and you know that's brilliant to see but you know there's people saying to me no matter where I go and I say I'm from me they say geez, the women are some team joy to watch the type of football they play 
you know and of course I mentioned Emma Duggan Vicky Wall Emma Troy like unbelievable players as well so exciting you don't know what they're going to do you know every game goes right to the wire and they put on their best performance in that All-Ireland final they backed up why they were champions last year it was absolutely no fluke and I think it was something that the, the women's game really needed um, I think we talked about it maybe when they they won the first uh, senior title last year that you know the finals previous to that maybe hadn't reached the expectation that we wanted them to and there was so many people tuned in 50,000 people tuned in and you're like oh you wanted that big final big performance and I think in the last two finals they've been unbelievable performances really exciting and yeah Mead have been a massive story not only because I'm from Mead but I think just in sport as a whole what they've done is so inspirational no matter what you do whether it's in sport or not they'll inspire you yeah for sure it's been incredible and just a level of emotion as well this year as well which kind of uh, brought it to a level above Great list, Ashling. Thanks very much. Not <laughs> bitter at all on. about Shawnee not being on top, but uh, I think you made a pretty good case for, for me there, to say the least. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.